We teach ourselves that everything comes before what we need. And that is not an act of self-love. You can be intentional, but if your intentions are not aligned with your body's physical needs or your mental health, then what are those intentions good for? Those aren't intentions. Those are forced ambitions. Those are you stretching yourself beyond your means. And I think that when we want to get somewhere, we have to be really honest with ourselves about what do we need to make room for in order to grow? How do you balance evolving in a way that allows you to expand in a physical world while also evolving internally, which allows you to feel at home with yourself and which allows you to keep your joy as you expand in a physical world? But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act. Instead of a life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. I am Vanessa Fontana, and this is episode 25. If you are new here, welcome. Figuring Shit Out is a collective undertaking of self help, coming of age, and finding and healing yourself in a world of flux. It is meant to be a resource to assist you along your journey of deepening and expanding the most important relationship you will ever have that with yourself. This episode is going to be all about discipline and not the type of discipline that you may think in terms of productivity or the social norms of performance, but self-love as a form of discipline and what it means to come home to and show up for yourself as a means of discipline. If you are an active listener of Figuring Shit Out, please rate the podcast. Tell me your thoughts on this episode. Reach out to me over social media platforms that are linked below my Instagram, the podcast Instagram. Be sure that you're following my TikTok where I give very similar advice in short form content and post updates on the podcast, as well as if you are new here and you like this episode or you want to tell me your thoughts, that offer is extended to you as well. Next week, we will be having our first guest episode. It did not end up happening this week. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little sick. And I think that that is why there's a perfect opportunity to talk about discipline and self-love and how those two things are inextricably intertwined on this week's episode as I talk to you for a short amount of time through a scratchy voice and a recovering immune system. (laughs) Moreover, I think that this episode should serve as a reminder to you about what it means to create and deepen a relationship with yourself and how you are the only person who can define that and in the ways that you show yourself love by acting or not acting, only you know what is aligned with your truest self. So to start off this episode, I want to read you something from a book that I frequently get inspiration from. It's called Women Who Run With The Wolves. And Women Who Run With The Wolves is all about different types of intercultural myths, fairy tales, and stories, and how they can be interpreted to relate to 
womanhood and femininity. It's not just for women. I actually think if you're a man, you could get a lot out of reading this book because it really goes into understanding the deep psyche of womanhood in magic, in medicine, and describing the female psyche, the fertile nature of females, life-giving and receiving, and the natural cycles of psychology in women, um, the truest form of womanhood, and the intuition that is so deeply embedded in our psychology. And I come back to this book time and time again, and I notice that I come back to it every time I want to rest. And I have taken a really long time to get through it. I'm almost through it, but I'm not all the way there. I got it as a birthday present, and my birthday's in March. So I've really taken my time. So I'm going to read an excerpt from Women Who Run With the Wolves. And this chapter is all about self-preservation, identifying leg traps. And the author talks at length about how sometimes things seem to be more attractive than they actually are. Or we get roped up in ideas of things, in idealizations of things, in romanticizations of things that we don't quite understand the price we have to pay for them. So I'm going to read this. One of the most important things we can do is to understand that life, all life as a living body in itself, one that has respiration, new cell turnover, sloughing off, and waste material, it would be silly if we expected our bodies not to have waste material more than once every five years. It would be inane to think that just because we ate a day ago, we shouldn't be hungry today. To think that once we solve an issue, it stays solved, and that once we learn, we always remain conscious ever after. No. Life is a great body that grows and diminishes in different areas at different rates. When we are like the body, doing the work of new growth, waddling through the shit, just breathing or resting, we are very alive, we are within the cycles. If we could realize that the work is to keep doing the work, we would be much more fierce and much more peaceful. To hold to joy, we may sometimes have to fight for it. We may have to strengthen ourselves and go full bore, doing battle in whichever ways we deem most shrewd. We can go without most things for long periods of time, anything almost, but not our joy. The real miracle of individuation and reclamation of your wild self is that we all begin the process before we are ready. Before we are strong enough, before we know enough, we begin a dialogue with thoughts and feelings that both tickle and thunder us. We respond before we know how to speak the language, before we know all the answers, and before we know exactly to whom we are speaking. But like the wolf mother teaching her pups to hunt and to take care, this is the way that the wild woman wells up through us. We begin to speak in her voice, taking on her vision and her values. She teaches us to send out the message of our return to those who are like us. He who cannot howl will not find his pack. If you want to resummon your most intuitive self, refuse to be captured. With instincts sharpened for balance, jump anywhere you like, take what there is, find out all about it, let your eyes show your feelings, look into everything, see what you can see. Dance in red shoes, but make sure they're the ones you've made by hand. I can promise you that you will become vital. Now, a lot of that may seem a bit confusing out of context. This book really breaks down the relationships of our intuitive nature as humans, specifically as women, to wolves and how wolves operate in packs and how wolves are very instinctual and intuitive creatures. And this entire book is all about finding truly the intuitive self within. It is 
really about learning to understand our natural gifts in our psychology and how to leverage that in a world that has conditioned us out of them. And I think that this is really important for the subject of letting yourself go through cycles that the world may tell you are unnecessary to go through and letting yourself rest knowing that there is an instinctual understanding that rest is supremely important to growth. When she talks about the reclamation of that wild self, it's an intention to never forget who you truly are and to never abandon your authenticity and your autonomy. And so often we forget who we are and we become like the group, we become like the pack and we consider our value to be held as a sort of malleable object that can sometimes give a lot and sometimes not give a lot. And when we're able to give a lot, then we're valuable, right? When we're not, then what what do we have to give? And I think that's a trap. A lot of this chapter talks about leg traps, talks about things that look a certain way, but are not the way that they seem. And it is truly up to us to be able to uncover what we are told, what we are conditioned into, and what is true for us and what we know. I think that the sacrifices we make to be something in the world are very, very tied to this type of like trap. And the need for self-preservation is really the need to understand yourself, understand and know your needs, and also surrender and admit to the natural cycles of life that are always rising, always falling, and always giving, receiving, and surrendering to what is all around us all the time and the evolution of life and the craziness of the world. And how do you survive truly and how do you thrive and how do you balance those things how do you take care of yourself and how do you perform and only you know those answers with all of your wisdom and all of your bodily intelligence and all of your beautiful exploration of yourself I wanted to start the episode that way to kind of get you thinking and to get you into a place of considering what that means for you what leg traps are you falling into around where you're supposed to be done with things, where you're supposed to be finished, where you're supposed to be anything, where you're supposed to. She says that to solve a problem and expect that that problem is forever solved is a fallacy. Because we're never done. We're never done learning. We're never done growing. We're never done shedding our skin and growing new skin. We're never done resting and we're never done growing into what we need to eventually rest from. And so if that's the case, there is the question of where are you in a rush in your life and what are you doing that may be a means to an end? Where are you abandoning your intuitive self and your intuitive nature as a means to get to somewhere that you want to go, thinking that the place that you want to go is going to give you what you think you want. It's it's a form of self-love to sacrifice your cycles naturally in order to obtain a certain object that you think may make you happier. But 
the author in this book goes on to say that we can exist without many things for long periods of time, but joy is not one of them. And it's really hard to find and to follow our joy when there are millions of pressures asking us to abandon it in order to serve something outside of ourselves. Abandon our joy, abandon our cycles, abandon our intuitive nature and our intuitive callings so that we can be what the world, be what the things, be what everything outside of us wants and expects us to be. I noticed this week because I was sick and because I couldn't move much of the energy that I wanted to move that I had been living my life in the last few weeks in a very intentional way, in a very good natured way, in a very decidedly positive way, but I wasn't listening to myself. So you can be intentional, but if your intentions are not aligned with your internal atmosphere and your external environment or your body's physical needs or your mental health, then what are those intentions good for? Those aren't intentions. Those are forced ambitions. Those are you stretching yourself beyond your means. And I think that when we want to get somewhere, we have to be really honest with ourselves about where are we now? What are our needs now? And What do we need to make room for in order to grow? And a lot of times what we need to make room for is not what we think it is. It's not the action and it's not the intense discipline and it's not the sacrificing all of our emotional capacity to achieve a bottom line in order to get somewhere. Most of the time what we need to make room for is some more silence. It's some more rest. It's some more internal reflection because When we are silent and when we are able to sit with ourselves and really reflect and take a look in the honesty of our worlds, we're able to know exactly what we need. And that is your connection with your most intuitive self. That is your connection with the wild woman, as the author of Women Who Run With The Wolves says. And I'd like to preface again, if you are a man, this is not irrelevant to you. You can definitely benefit from this because this isn't just a woman embodied problem. It is a generational problem, but I think that there is a good point to make in terms of the energy of masculine and feminine. And masculine and feminine energy have little to do with gender. Masculine and feminine energy have all to do with action or rest, have all to do with the yin and yang, have all to do with creation life force and the life force that needs rest in order to create. It is the giving, which is the more masculine energy, the doing energy, the caretaker energy of things of physical matter like finances or home or survival needs, whereas feminine energy is the receiving. It is the allowing. It is the surrendering. It is the creation of new life through allowing old life to pass through. Feminine energy is about giving in order to create. And masculine energy is more so about giving in order to receive. Not that it's transactional, but there is a opposite nature in that energy. And We must balance our internal world because our generation has become a very masculine energy dominated world. Our pressure to perform in this world consistently over 
every single intuitive sense within us that tells us maybe we need to rest, maybe we need to take a step back, maybe we need to disconnect. The energy that causes us to feel competition with other people, the energy that causes us to question our worth and question our value and create a system that we just fall into naturally that asks so much of us, so much of us that we're maybe not able to give all the time. This system that we live in that is almost inescapable, feminine energy, the energy of allowing, receiving, surrendering, and truly being connected to yourself enough to know what you need to show up for yourself, to truly love yourself, that has been pushed away a little bit. And I think in you know recent years with the rise of self-growth and evolution, there are two sides of that coin too. In self-help, we often see this go-getter evolution, this Gary V type of person who really motivates you and asks you to get off your ass and start doing the thing and start learning and gives you strategies for really being in that like masculine type of energy, if you will. And then we see a healing modality and self-help that is more geared and centered around surrender and meditation and connecting with oneself and kind of coming home to oneself. And so even within self-help, there are these differing energies of how do you balance evolving in a way that allows you to expand in a physical world while also evolving internally, which allows you to feel at home with yourself and which allows you to keep your joy as you expand in a physical world. And that is where the discipline comes in. So in the last few weeks, I noticed I was living intentionally, but I was not living aligned with what my body needed. And it eventually forced me into a little bit of a sickness, a little bit of an immunity problem this week. And I noticed my resistance to rest. And I talked so much about this in my episode on burnout and toxic productivity. And I am happy to report that I did not burn out. But if you've been wanting to learn a new language, connect with your family heritage, Rosetta Stone might be perfect for you. It is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop or as an app, and it is truly immersive in the language you want to learn. It's been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, with fast language acquisition and speech recognition as a built-in feature to give you feedback on your pronunciation like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. There is constant learning to be done in when we are in action, we often are out of our bodies and we are often performing from a place that is outside of us. We are often taking our wisdom of knowing how to do something or 
making the objective of a goal the most important thing that we take ourselves out of it. And when we take ourselves out of it, we are unable to connect with ourselves. We are unable to truly allow the cycles that want to happen within our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls to happen because we are throwing everything that we have and everything that we are towards an objective, whether this objective is work, whether this objective is school, whether this objective is simply your social life and the development of your external world. We put so much care and attention to the physical things of our life, you know, our money and our commodities and the things that we like to buy and the things that we like to do that we use that as a blanket over connecting to our inner selves. And if you were going to heal, if you were going to truly evolve, and if you were going to live a life of intention, and if you really truly want to learn how to love yourself, you have to learn how to sit with yourself. And you have to learn how to know yourself. And you have to learn how to know what you need and not be afraid to set the boundaries to ask for what you need or give yourself what you need. Most of the time we feel like we may be disappointing people if we say no because we don't have it in us. But when we say yes and we don't have it in us, it does the world around us a disservice because we don't actually want to be there. We don't actually have the capacity to be there. We feel an internal resentment with the thing that has asked this of us that we just allowed ourselves to surrender to. And we teach ourselves that everything comes before what we need. And that is not an act of self-love. Discipline in self-love is all about learning how to say no. Learning how to say no to yourself when you want to do something that is not good for you. Learning how to say no to your friends when they want you to go out, but you're just not feeling good. You're not feeling up to it. Learning how to say no to people in your life who want to take advantage of you or want to manipulate you into doing things that are against your values with yourself in order to serve their cause or their purpose. Learning to say no when your feelings are asking you to react to a situation that you know is better not reacted to. Learning how to say no for the greater good and the greater benefit so that you are able to retain your sense of joy, your sense of peace, your sense of connection to yourself and your sense of calm. It is such a power to be able to not react to things. It is such a power to be able to see something, feel something, witness something, and take a step back before we try to mend it, try to fix it, try to throw ourselves at it, try to see it as an opportunity. Sometimes action is necessary, but the more that we are able to observe and not react, the more that we are connected to the intuitive parts of our being, the more that we are connected to the part of us that calls for true discipline and self-love, and the more that we are able to know when an instinct is truly instinctual. And it's not a reaction. It's not an emotional affliction or something that we are controlled by, that we have no real autonomy over. Have you ever gotten angry at something someone said to you and immediately tried to hurt them with words or a tone that would perhaps give them the same feeling that they just gave you? Have you ever said something that you didn't mean only to take a step back a few minutes later and realize that you didn't mean it? 
but then have to do all of the damage control because you said what you said and the damage was done? Have you ever saw an opportunity that looked really, really good, but then you found out that it was not what it seemed? When we are in our go, 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 action-oriented selves, it is far harder for us to listen to the inner voice that is buried beneath layers of physical action to be able to make decisions that feel aligned with who we truly are and not with what the world wants of us. Masculine energy is by no means a bad thing, but too much of anything will cause us to feel imbalanced. Too much feminine energy and we are doing nothing and just surrendering all the time and living by the way of the water, which isn't really practical in this life, but there is a balance. And if you are a woman, there is a certain amount of connectedness that you have to keep with yourself, a groundedness that you have to keep with yourself in order to exist in this world that is ruled by an energy of action and an energy of performance, an energy of delivery, an energy of must have to an energy of true demand and that is the world we're living in that is what the world asks of us so what do you do you go home you find refuge what does that mean for many people what does that mean for you that's for you to define rereading pages of books and poems that have touched you Spending a few minutes near a river or a stream or a creek, lying on the ground in light, being with a loved one without there anyone being around you. It's not necessarily an overland or an arduous journey to go home, yet it's not as simplistic as it may seem. It is an instinct to return and only you know what you can return to. This has been on my mind recently because... In this energy of action and producing and creating, there is this necessary balance and it comes with all things. It comes with being in this world at all, in this world that is very much dominated by doing, by going, by leaving, by escaping. And only you can define what it means to come home and only you have the discipline to know when that is. Your inner world is so important to maintain and to clear the dust off of. Your inner world shows and tells you everything and you can only listen to it when you are aware that it's always speaking to you. And I don't mean to talk in metaphors or make this sound like a little lullaby where I just read you a bedtime story and you know, told you to go rest, but honestly, no, like go read yourself a bedtime story and go rest. It's so necessary and it's so important. And for you to be able to develop discipline in your external world, which I can talk about, right? Like I can talk about productivity hacks and discipline and I want to, but it's important to have the mechanisms for knowing when it's time to retreat and knowing when it's time to scale back and some indicators of this are getting exceptionally tired, are getting more irritable, are living your life without joy, living your life without a sense of ease, realizing that it's harder and harder to be grateful for things. And when you get to that point, it's time to take a step back. Your body is telling you, your mind is telling you, but most importantly, your spirit is telling you. And I noticed this this week when I had to take time to rest that it was hard to spend time completely alone 
I used to love it and I used to spend so much time in my own company, but I haven't in a while now that I'm in a relationship and I have so many things in my life that are ongoing and, you know, I'm paying attention to people much more than I have in the past and really investing in my relationships in a more personal and connected way that I haven't spent a lot of time with my self, my relationship with myself. And when I got sick, I just realized, wow, okay, like I need to relearn how to come home. I need to relearn how to enjoy my own company. What does that mean for me now? And I think that was scary to kind of confront at first. It was scary to realize that I hadn't spent a lot of time alone. And I don't mean alone in doing things, alone in resting, alone for the sake of just joy, for rest, for surrender. And at first I had a thought, which was just a reaction to that feeling of what does that mean? Have I lost my sense of love for myself? And I just realized that no, it's it's just about continuing to build the relationship with yourself because you are evolving. You are ever changing. You are always growing. And you have to give yourself grace for the ways in which you've grown and continue to get to know yourself through it, continue to learn how to love yourself through it. And it's just like loving any person, any friend in your life. You have to realize that that person is going to grow and change and evolve and that experiences are going to shape them and mold them into different aspects of their personality coming out or being more obvious. And it's up to you to continuously learn about them, continuously learn the ways in which they are evolving and see where you can align with them. And it's the same thing with your relationship with yourself. You have to give yourself grace. You have to constantly be curious and learn about yourself and not shame yourself for needing rest and not shame yourself for having emotions or having feelings that need to come out, not shame yourself for not being what the world expects you to be when the world is so unbalanced and wants to strive for discipline that is rigid and puts you in a structure that you don't fit in. And it's okay to admit that you don't fit in it. When you know yourself and you truly understand why you are the way that you are and give yourself grace for it and accept yourself, you're able to show up for yourself. You're able to advocate for yourself. You're able to do the things that you want to do in this world and be as successful as you want to be in doing them. You're able to fight for yourself and you're able to set boundaries and you're able to do the hard things and face the hard challenges without shaming yourself for having to go through them at all. It's really about learning how to be a friend to yourself and learning how to set boundaries with yourself that include, incorporate, and really expand a sense of love, a sense of peace, a sense of solitude that is comfortable. And you'll get there if it's not comfortable. It takes time. I'm not asking you to just sit in a closet all by yourself and learn to like yourself that way. It's about learning to like what you do, taking yourself out on dates, giving yourself proper rest learning what feels good and learning when it feels good to do certain things for yourself and for your body and then acknowledging that, thinking yourself, thinking your body, thinking your immune system when it gets you sick because it's working hard to fight something off that could actually be dangerous to you. It's about having a gratitude for your bones and your skin and your heart your soul, all you've been through, all you've come through, all you're going through, and to allow yourself to sit in it. And 
treat yourself like a friend, treat yourself like a loved one, treat yourself like you want to be treated, treat yourself like you deserve joy and you deserve happiness and you deserve rest and come home to yourself and learn exactly what that means to you. Discipline as a form of self-love, discipline as a form of self-love so that we can be disciplined in the external world and create the physical things that we want without losing ourselves. It's so important. And so this week from my scratchy voice and my body that's been working really hard to fight off some sort of sickness that I've been resisting because I've wanted to be physically present in the world and not physically present with myself, I ask you to examine in your life where your intentions are not aligning with your needs, how you can set boundaries around your sense of self so that you are able to get to know yourself, get to become friends with yourself, get to love yourself so that you can have productivity and discipline in the external world and so that you can find out what it is that calls to you. You will always be following someone else's map, someone else's plan if you do not do the inner work to connect with yourself, to come home, to go home. So let me know what that means to you. What does it mean for you to go home? What does it mean for you to be connected? What calls to you? What do you get lost doing? And how can you incorporate that into your life so that you can always have a sense of joy, a sense of peace, a sense of solitude, a sense of home? How can you set boundaries around your time so that you are making sure that you're checking in with yourself and giving yourself what you need before you burn out? So this was a very short episode and it felt very aligned with where I was at this week and I hope it helped you. If you liked this episode, please leave a review, let me know your thoughts, reach out anytime. With that being said, I'm so excited to share next week's episode. It is our first guest episode and it's all about really aligning with who you are to connect more deeply with what you want to do in life and how to take risks for yourself, to yourself, believing in yourself enough to take those risks. It opened my mind to so many things. I talked to the CEO and founder of a journal brand company that I'm so excited to share with you guys because that episode will really delve into the ways in which we can learn about ourselves through reflection and self-care and how when we are able to learn about ourselves through that deeper instinctual reflection, we're actually able to lead lives of intention and lead lives that build off of what really matters to us. Kind of balancing that surrender into what we know to be true and the action in what it takes to become something that you want to become while also honoring who you truly are and i'm so excited to share it with you guys it'll be um up next week and it'll be posted on youtube as well um the the dialogue and the conversation please follow the socials linked down below for updates on things to come with figuring shit out 
thank you so much for listening, for supporting, for all of the kind messages and the words that really make my heart smile when it comes to the ways in which this is helping you heal and deepen your relationship with yourself. But know that you are the one who's doing the work and that you should give yourself the credit and the gratitude and the home to come back to when you need it. So love yourself enough to be disciplined enough to continue to love yourself. And remember, if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, you don't have a life. You have an act. So go and live your fucking life and rest and come home as many times as you need to be able to live in your joy and your peace and in your sense of self that you get to define, evolve, and continuously expand into. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you've just so lost, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.